Our text for today comes from the epistle reading, 1 Corinthians 1, we hear again verse 31. So that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So far, our text. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We live in a world full of boasting. People are constantly tooting their horns every chance they get. Whether it's athletes calling themselves the greatest, or politicians claiming to have all the solutions to our nation's problems, all the way down to your coworkers who want praise for just simply doing their job. And yet you and I are guilty of it too, aren't we? We do our fair share of boasting. In fact, we even boast online to make sure the masses know how amazing our lives are. Now, boast or boasting are words we might not use on a regular basis. Boasting simply means to express excessive pride in yourself. As I said in the children's sermon, it's bragging. That's a word probably most of us use more commonly. How often do you find yourself bragging? Bragging about something you accomplished. Bragging about that new toy you bought. Bragging about that vacation you got to take. Whatever it may be, we all do our fair share of bragging, don't we? I know I do. See, this is part of the condition of our sinful nature. Ever since sin first entered the world and affected all mankind, our sinful nature has been primarily focused on one thing, ourselves. It's all about me, me, me. So of course when I do something well, or I gain something new, or I have an opportunity experience that other people haven't had, little old sinful me is going to focus on that and brag, brag, brag about me, 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 until everyone else is sick of hearing about it. I mean, we know it's not polite to brag. We teach our kids not to be arrogant and pompous so that they don't go around annoying everyone they meet. But nevertheless, our sinful side just can't help but focus on it. And more often than not, that sinful, bragging, boastful side of us just comes naturally slipping out. St. Paul understood this egotistical side of us humans. That's why he includes it in our text for today. But he puts a little different spin on it. He doesn't just flat out tell us, do not boast. I mean, he does say in verse 29, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. But he doesn't go on to make this like the new 11th commandment, thou shall not boast. No, instead he says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. In other words, sure, go ahead and, and boast. That's fine, do, do some bragging. Just do it in the right way. What's the right way to boast, you ask? Well, St. Paul says, boast in the Lord. Not boast to the Lord, certainly not. Boast in the Lord. Well, what does that really look like? In our Sunday morning Bible study between services, we've been walking through the book, Scandalous Stories. It's all about the parables of Jesus. And in the foreword to the book, Chad Bird is defining what a parable is. And he knows most of us probably grew up with the traditional definition of a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly or spiritual meaning. But he challenges that definition a little when he says parables aren't that simple. He says it's not about having an aha moment of clarification. 
Instead, Jesus is using the parables to first break all the false notions about who God is and how he works. Before we can have the aha moment, we first have to have a wait, what moment? Jesus is trying to blow our minds, erasing what we naturally believe to be true according to all our earthly ways so that we can better understand the truth about God's ways. So Chad Bird used the example of a parable stopping us from thinking God's kingdom is a place where the good guy in the white hat always wins and the bad guy in the black hat always loses. No, Jesus turns that story upside down, flips it around because he came to save the lost. Jesus comes seeking that bad man in the black hat, and he actually comes to humble the good guy in the white hat. So instead of defining a parable as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, he calls them crucified stories. Every single one of the parables takes our worldly view of things, sends it to the cross, and kills it. So that the truth of God's gospel the truth of how God's kingdom really works can come back to life in our minds and understanding. These parables, these crucified stories are scandalous stories because truth be told, the gospel of the cross is a scandalous story. St. Paul says this exact same thing in our text just a few verses earlier. He says, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. Those who believe in our worldly way of things those who think the good are saved and the bad are doomed. Those who believe it's about what we do to save ourselves. These are the ones who are perishing because the cross doesn't make any sense to them. Why would God send his son to die for everyone when everything else in our world clearly has a winner and a loser? Why would salvation be completely free when everything else in life has to be, has to be earned? Some things are not new, though. St. Paul's dealing with this same thing already in his day. He's dealing with two groups, and he reminds us about those two groups when he says, the Jews, de denying that Jesus was the Messiah, they demand signs for proof. The Greeks, thinking that they have the superior intelligence, far too smart for any kind of superstition or make-believe gods, they wanted wisdom to prove God was real. St. Paul gives both groups the same answer. We preach Christ crucified. There is no better sign to look at than the cross and see the Son of God born in the flesh of man to die for the sins of all mankind. There's no better wisdom than to see that God had this plan of sending his Son to save us all along. We preach Christ crucified. Christ crucified is a stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jew and Greek, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. See, we who believe in Christ, for those of us who hear the word of the cross and take it as our salvation, we know that this stumbling block, this folly, according to the rest of the world, that's our only hope. That right there is the power of God to save us sinners and make us righteous. That right there is the wisdom of God that saved us lost people from sin and death. We preach Christ crucified, which is the power and the wisdom of God. We preach Christ crucified because without him, 
Without his death and resurrection, we would be lost and condemned forever. We know that by our own power, we could never save ourselves. We know that by our own wisdom, we'd be lost forever. And so we sinners who have been redeemed, we who were perishing but now are saved, we preach Christ crucified. Because it erases all those false notions of who God is and how his kingdom works. It erases all those false notions of who we are and what our works get us. Our God is not a a mean, strict, demanding God who requires us to work our way to him. He doesn't tell us our works can save us as if we can be perfect of our own accord. He's not a competitive God asking us to be better than others. He's not proud of us when we climb over our neighbor trying to raise ourselves up. He's not happy when he hears his children bragging about how great they are. Look to the cross and see that's not true. This world's view of dog eat dog and save yourself first could not be further from the truth. So we preach Christ crucified. Confessing that we as humans are sinful by nature. We are weak, foolish, low and despised. We admit without Christ crucified, we would have no power, no wisdom at all. We look to the cross and we see a loving, gracious God who gives us everything we need freely through our faith. We see a God who pours out his love and his grace and his mercy into our lives every day, even though we don't deserve it. We preach Christ crucified because his death and resurrection are his free gift of grace that saves us. And just as much as these parables are crucified stories, every one of our lives is a crucified story. A crucified story, again, takes us to the cross, erases those false notions, and points us to the truth of who Jesus is and his upside-down free grace for all gospel. That's exactly what our lives should do as we live our crucified story. Chad Bird goes on to quote Martin Luther saying, everything that belongs to God must be crucified. So if you and I want to belong to God, we want to be part of his family, saved by his grace, redeemed by his power and wisdom and inherit his eternal life, we must first be crucified. We must be taken to that cross so that all of our sin, all of our worldly views, all of our self Pride, our boasting, bragging, sinful nature is nailed to that tree with our Lord and killed. So that by the power and wisdom of God, just as Christ was raised from the dead, a new us can be brought to life. A new us that is righteous. A new us that has a gospel-centered worldview. So that we live every day confessing our sins, repenting of them, staying focused on the cross as we live our crucified story. When we preach Christ crucified, we're denying that anything about ourselves is bragworthy. We're fully confessing the only boast we have is the cross of Christ. We admit that without him and what he's done for us, we'd be nothing. We'd have no pride, no reason to brag at all because without him, we'd be nothing more than condemned sinners. But thanks be to God, we have plenty to brag about. Oh yes, we do. Because we belong to God. We have been crucified. 
in our baptism, we've been killed and buried with Christ, and therefore we are His. Redeemed, saved, freely having His salvation and eternal life. We have plenty of reasons to break. We have so many wonderful reasons to boast, but none of them have anything to do with us. All of them have to do with Christ crucified for us. This is why St. Paul says, absolutely, you should boast. Not to God and not about yourselves. Don't get caught up in the worldly way of bragging about yourself as if you're something special or better than others. Not at all. Let those who boast, boast in the Lord. Let us tell everyone the reason we have that we are so joyful and proud. Let us tell them how it has everything to do with our Lord and Savior Jesus, who died for us to save us, who rose for us to give us life, who's connected us to his death and resurrection so that we are crucified. We belong to him. We have his grace and mercy, not because we're worthy, but because he loves us and has done it for us. So St. Paul says it's okay to be boastful if you do it in the right way. What's the right way? Preach Christ crucified. Preach the truth of the gospel that you are a sinner, but through the cross of Christ, you are saved. Preach Christ crucified as you give him the glory for everything you are and everything you have. Preach Christ crucified as you praise him and thank him every day in the good ones and the bad ones. Preach Christ crucified through your thoughts, your words, and your deeds as you live your crucified stories. And you'll be boasting in the right way because you'll be boasting in the Lord. Amen. Now this, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep and guard our hearts and minds in Christ crucified. Amen.